Oh, yeah, another tiring week for me related to this particular week's episode. But uh, I've been been trying to knock off uh, a, a list I've got. It's, it's a handshake list. I've been going around sh- shaking the hands of all the people who gave us five-star reviews. Um, of course... No wonder it's tiring. Well, you've been there's so many of them. Going out for so long. Yeah. So many of them. Plus, I've had to hack everyone's IP address to actually find out um, you know, where they've reviewed from. And some of them were in Australia. So, of course, I had to get on a plane and shake hands with all these many people. But unfortunately, towards the end, it turned out it wasn't a handshaking mission. It was something else. What? what? Something spoilery. Something spoilery, yeah. Um, but I was rescued. What was I rescued by? You, you, you know all about that. Well, I think you're rescued by the good people of the Facebook group. Correct. The uh, the lovely followers on Instagram. Correct. And uh, say all those people who leave five star reviews come back to uh, repair their handshake debt. Absolutely, you're correct. Uh, I knew you knew. Um, anyway, everyone, this week it's uh, Kill List. We're finally after talking about Ben Wheatley. We're finally gonna Ben Wheatley. Let's do it. We're doing it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. We're going to provide you with a delicious horror sandwich. What is it? It's a lovely movie filling surrounded by two slices of bready, chatty-related goodness. It's something like a BLT, blood, limbs, and torsos. That's that's quite horror-y, isn't it? Um, anyway, my name's Mark, and this is Matthew. Oh, hello. I sort of, I sort of did something weird there with the intro. Um, I don't, blood, limbs, and torsos. That's quite a bit a bit violent, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's just things that most people have. You yeah, know, it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's not sandwichy anyway, unless you're threatening to remove them. <laughs> well, that's that was the sort of idea. Um, anyway, this week we're joined by a wonderful brand new guest in Peter, who is host of. The Movie Duel podcast, but he's here today not to duel with us about movies, but to well, to chat horror movies. Uh, hello, Peter. Hello there. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I think I am. Uh, <laughs> it's not an easy question to ask and answer, really, and people come around asking you whether you're all right or not. Um, it's got. Well, I'm in the mood for podcasting. I'm in the mood for podcasting. <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> not got the same flow has it um no there's a couple of extra vowels yeah well uh i'm in the mood for podding i'm in the mood for podding yeah that works a bit better um i'm singing this what? week apparently well as long as you don't expect me to sing uh, it's it's not a, it's not a pretty uh pretty listen well, maybe it is maybe you don't know you, <laughs> you, you sound like you've got the dulcet tones of someone with a lovely baritone uh 
No, I well, I used to when I when I was uh, a teenager and I I attempted to start playing the guitar. I used to sing along as well, and my dad very uh, very nicely told me don't don't sing. Singing's not don't for sing you as well. No, not for you, my son. I reckon we need to get together and uh, do a sea shanty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are they, are they still popular? I don't have TikToks. So I know. I never know. Uh, the only thing I know that's particularly popular on TikTok is boobs. There's a lot of boobs on there. Um, and you I thought it was for like children? No, oh, not what? Not on my for you page. Um, <laughs> and that's, I suppose that's a more of a reflection on me than it is TikTok, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're getting worrying amounts of boobs from you these days. <laughs> well, the listeners know. The listeners know. Um. So, oh, today. What today's the day? Um. I I was listening to music, and for some reason, I suddenly went to myself. I want to listen to the theme from Transformers, and ended up finding a punk band covering eighties cartoon music. And it was an absolute treat. Oh wow! Um, listening to you know the you know Arthur. It was not not really from my my day you know hey it's a wonderful kind of date that one <laughs> but done in a punk style with very hard guitar it was an absolute treat it's like this is the most delightfully hardcore friendly song i've ever heard and uh is this uh punk rock factory you're oh, it might be actually yeah i don't know yeah I, I i saw them a few weeks ago at download oh did you uh i did they they had the, a whole Power Rangers set on. Uh, it is punk rock. Set of people in Power Rangers outfits. <laughs> it is punk rock factory. I've never never come across it. Never come across it before. But um, yeah, I you know yeah most of the the stuff uh, was Disney songs, but it's kind of uh, run its course now. So we're having to find new material. You know what? I think I already knew that. I think I've I've got their Disney album as well. I just um forgot oh well uh, anyway so that's that that's that's what's happened with that um i, I don't have anything hilarious to say about it but... a very fun show if you do get to go no I, i'll never go i never leave the house no point <laughs> no point you never know who's out there <laughs> would be uh people singing the transformers theme yeah there could be or they could be just doing that bit where it goes or something. Anyway, I'm making far too many noises this week, so let's get into some of these delightful questions. Since it's your first time here, you might as well answer them. Indeed. So let's lump these ones in together. So what's the first horror you remember seeing, and when did you become a fan? Uh, well, the first one I remember seeing, um, and it's still one of my favourites to this day, is Jaws. Um, it's, I just, I remember my dad showing it to me and my sister, um, and I have a vivid memory of him really sort of waiting for the jump scare when Ben Gardner's head pops out of the boat. Mm. Um, and... In fact, the only person who jumped was my dad, who'd seen it many times before that. Um, but I have a vivid memory of that. We didn't uh, watch a whole lot of horror films with with my dad. Um, but my my sort of love of horror 
and 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 monster movies really was was from my grandma um she was uh i don't want to say prim and proper but she was she was very much uh, a kindly old lady she was my grandma and um but she had this um just fascination with science fiction and monster movies and things like Battlestar Galactica and uh, the A-Team and all these sort of things that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Uh, so me as a young lad, I, you know, I just lapped it up watching those sort of programs with her um, and, you know, things like, uh, I don't know if you, you know of a, a show called uh, The Invaders, uh, which was, it was it was all about alien invasion and uh, from America it had uh, I can't remember his name, Roy Finnes, I think his name was. He was in a few episodes of the X Files. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it all sort of started. And then watching films like um, uh, Clash of the Titans and Valley of Guanji, um, even uh, Alligator, I remember watching, which oh, yeah, was probably. Which was the very sort of um, uh, it, it was the highest sort of more horror e type monster movies that that I probably watched with my grandma, um, but that's that's where it all started really. Wow! So you've got cool dad and cool grandma, which is awesome. Oh yeah, you've uh, definitely started with the best with Jaws. Uh, anyone who's listened knows that that's coming up, episode one hundred. It's sneaking up on us. Wow, and uh, jaw that it'll be Jaws because that's my my favorite, it's best film ever. Um, I don't know if that's a real way of saying English words, but um, yeah. well, it's it's just perfect, isn't it? Jaws is just top tier, not just the best horror, it's best best film ever made, in my opinion. Oh well, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> Matthew agrees too. I think probably. Um, I mean, I love Jaws, yeah, but good. It's, uh, it's, I, I wouldn't <laughs> go quite as far yeah. as that. No, yeah. Well, um, we both saw it. Was it last year or this year that we both saw it? And you saw it in 3D and I saw it in IMAX. Or did you? Yeah, I think it was last year. Yeah, memory back end of last year, yeah. But I'll always, if there's if it's on at the cinema, I will always, uh, if I find it's on, should I say, I'll always go see it at the cinema. Um, see, I've never seen it at the cinema. That's something I, I, it's on my bucket list. I need to do that. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen it about five times maybe on the cinema now. Um, the IMAX was, was insane, though. Um, although I don't know if I like IMAX so much because you do sort of find yourself wondering where to look. <laughs> Just wondering, I think I may have seen it advertised for a, an upcoming film, yeah. Uh, I don't know how uh, how much they are showing it in, uh, over the country. Uh, there's at least a screening in the Manchester Great Northern Cinema next uh, a week on Monday, uh, mm-hmm. as at time of recording, 31st of July. See, I'm in, I'm in deepest, darkest Lincolnshire, so the closest IMAX, I think, is Nottingham. Which is at least also an hour by and the a half. time this comes out, we'll have missed the thirty first of July. So that is that's not helpful to anyone listening. It's helpful to Peter if we can figure it out, though. Um, we'll try and figure that out later and see if we can figure out if they're showing it somewhere near you. 
Yeah, that'd be good, right? Uh, oh, I thought I'd found it then, but it was in 2021, so sorry. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, worst case scenario, you've got to wait till 2025 when it's on in... Uh... Everywhere. Wait, you're for the 50th anniversary. Oh, gosh. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, and uh, lots of lovely monsters from the grandma. Alligator's a cracking film. Uh, I watched those, I think it was this year, as, as part of my let's work through some movies. Uh, watched Alligator and Alli- Alligator 2. They're, um, oh, they stand up. Yeah, they they do hold up. I mean, a little bit of that is like I've been saying over these past few over the past few weeks when we were doing Kai July, um, you know, the age of the film, you have to sort of take a bit of that into account. But the the alligator, I was going to say crocodile, though. It was ridiculous. Um, but the alligator still looks good. I think so, anyway. Ooh. That movie's grim as well. It's got a real, yeah. it's got a real, that was, well, that, got a real nasty that was, death in it. That was, she wouldn't, she would normally... Um sort of tape films and then watch them and then and see that they were appropriate before she'd sort of watch them with me. And that, that was like I say, probably uh, the The worst of it. Yeah. The worst of it. I mean, it it, most of the time, because she was quite hard of hearing, she had had an hearing aid. So when we'd stop over me and my sister, we'd go to bed, but you could you could hear for hear her watching films like Alien and The Terminator and and all sorts of really intense films. So uh, they would just scare us just as much just listening to them. What a way to go to sleep! Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, I mean your grandma sounds cool as shit. Yeah, though. she does. Oh, she was. She was. Sounds awesome. Uh, I mean, I, I love my grandma dearly, but uh, yeah, we didn't get stuff like that. We got ballroom dancing and crunching up cornflakes. My granddad used to like like old comedies and stuff, and he used to he used to have like tapes of stuff off the radio, and it was that was that was good stuff because it was real, well, just old school comedy, but stands up, stand stood the test of time. There you go. Yeah, we my grandma showed us that uh, that real sort of uh, harmless British comedy. You know, uh, we got Wallace and Gromit and Mr. Bean and stuff off her. You know, sort of the the light slapstick sort of thing. Uh, we got we got all that. Uh, she scanned out the videos in Woolworths for child friendly comedies and did a great job, as it happens. Yeah, Mr. Bean's good. I only just someone said Mr. Bean is an angel or something. Um, which I mean, he falls from the sky. Does fall from uh, the sky with very angelic music. Spotlight. So yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he is. <laughs> um, so let's move on to another question. Um, what's your favorite franchise? Um, I, it's, I think it's got to be Friday the 13th. Yay. Um, I know that they're not the best films in the world, but I think in terms of consistency and just the fun side of horror they're just they're just great you can just stick them on you don't have to engage with them too much um and some of them are obviously a lot better than others um but yeah you know if you just want to watch people get sliced up and uh you know if mark you're looking for for more boobs then that's the, the way to go <laughs> friday the 13th 
Oh yeah, part five's got a lovely set. <laughs> um, I promise everyone. Before we brought Peter on, I did not know that he that he was into so much stuff that I was into. Because Friday, <laughs> when, when I did these questions, Friday the Thirteenth was mine, and I think I almost gave exactly the same reasons. Um, because yeah, we've only watched one on here, right, Matthew? And that's the only one you've seen. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So we do need to we do need to remedy that. We'll have to come up with a month where we watch them or something or figure that well we have a, a uh, we have a friday the 13th coming up in october oh well that's perfect so then. i think maybe we, that we should use that for part two perfect but yeah i'm not two's a good one <laughs> i'm with you on friday the 13th it's very consistent until maybe nine which is not good um but yeah lovely oh. <laughs> and so let's pick another one um Movie that needs a sequel or movies that need to start making sequels. Although I think it's a great film just on its own and it's probably a modern masterpiece to use a well-worn phrase. Uh, it follows. Needs a sequel. Or I'd like to see a sequel. It doesn't need a sequel, but um, there's just a fascinating story there, I think. And and something that could be continued. Um, well, uh, they left it open, really. I thought at the end they left it open, at least. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of questions. You know, there's a lot of questions there, and questions that you can you can sort of turn into answers that would make it interesting. But I just thought it finds was a. It's just a fascinating film. You know, it was just. It was one of. <laughs> One of the scariest films of the last 10 years, I think. And there's not a lot of films that really bother me that much. I'm quite sort of hardened when it comes to, to horror movies, I think. Um, but that was just just that, that, that feeling of something following you and something not giving up and just being there at every corner and not knowing when it's possibly going to be coming back. But... Um, yeah. Mm. And would I think... you want it as a direct sequel with all the same characters, or do you think it would be worth better to like spin it off and sort of follow? You know, I think a new so. Set I think of, that that that's the same of... premise. Yeah, I think that sort of story was done. I think um, something like Final Destination that tried to keep that connection from the first to the second yeah. it didn't really work that well. I think you could just whether it's the same entity or it goes, you know, whether it's a prequel or set, you know, further into the future or, or, or whatever. I think, um, I think, I think it... if I, I was to, to do it, my thought would be that it should be somebody who has dealt with it before yes. and has gone right down the line. So you're yeah. someone who thinks that they've, they've got rid of it and it comes back. Oh, yeah. 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 That, yeah. Cause I think that's the, that's where the the most dread comes from, doesn't it? Because well, that's it. You could, well, you could it you could be somebody on, who's yeah. it could be somebody who's who's got rid of it 20, 30 years ago, and they've now started a family and settled down and everything else, and then suddenly it's coming back, and they've got to you know up sticks and and leave the family, and there's there's a lot of interesting dynamics you could pull into that story. I think mm. yeah, because the, yeah, the great this, thing about this really cool thing. 
on here. So, sorry, we do this really cool thing on here sometimes where we just come up with really good ideas for movies. <laughs> suppose, if we were actually any good at writing them, we'd be millionaires. Oh, yeah, we would, yeah. Hmm. I suppose the cool thing about that is if you've got just enough backstory from him, then you wouldn't even ever know whether it was really following him or not. And, you know, if you were in that position... Anytime anyone was behind you the whole time, you'd be like, am I, is this just somebody trying to get to the job? Am I about to get it followed? Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of paranoia that comes with passing it along. Um, Yeah, it's a good idea, actually. Yeah, good shout. Good shout. Um, And I think um, the franchise that needs to stop making sequels is Saw, even though we've got another one on the way. Have we? Yeah, there's one out in yes, October. Saw X is coming. Yeah. Is what's his face Tobin back? Tobin Bell is there. Uh, uh, Why not? Today, specifically, they have released pictures of uh, Tobin Bell in the role. Is he wearing a baseball cap to make him look younger? Are they? Are they doing that? Um, it just kind of looks the same. Yeah. It's not a, a very interesting picture. It was a stupid idea to kill him uh, off, wasn't it? But yeah, the, the, the new one takes place between the events of Saw and Saw 2. Uh, and it follows John Kramer travelling to Mexico for a risky medical procedure. <laughs> He's not, not going to Turkey to get his teeth done then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't be any worse than the last one. I didn't mind Spiral. I mean, it does mean that Tobin Bell's playing the same character 20 years younger. I mean, he looks like he's aged well enough to do that, but I mean, damn, there's some good jeans on him. Lovely jeans, must be Levi's. Right. Um, So, let's see, what have we got left? Standout effects. Oh, this is an easy one. I've always loved it. American Werewolf in London. Yeah, that's the right answer. Well done. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, you know, I still think to this day, it's still the most painful looking piece of special effects. Um, uh, when he when he turns, he finally turns to uh, Blue Moon. It's just amazing. It still looks flawless, in my opinion. That's quite interesting, Sam. You know, we've had this as an answer a lot of times. I don't think anyone's brought up the performance part of it before, you know, and, and how the actor sells the transformation to to boost the effects. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just like, amazing. Yeah, yeah it's nothing just that, without the other, is it? No, and it goes from that, you know, he's just sat there reading to literally, you know, screaming Jesus Christ and holding his head and you, you get a, a good 30 seconds of nothing happening, but you can just read that pain that everything's changing within his body um and yeah but everything that follows just matches up to that i think yeah no you're right it, it, it's really good the whole build-up to it is it, it is great where he's stuck in that apartment and he doesn't know what to do not hungry mm-hmm. it, it the whole thing works out yeah but yeah that is the correct answer to the question so well done um <laughs> it was that or the thing you could have had the thing as well um yeah yeah so what have we got? Two more, two more left before we move into the um the lovely filling. So 
What is the scariest horror movie? Struggled with this one because sounds like maybe I'm it quite... follows to you. Yeah, it follows was 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 up there. Um, I think a lot of the the ones grounded in reality were getting consideration. Things like audition, um, uh, even Silence of the Lambs had its moments. Um, but I think just pure adrenaline scares and just constant bombardment of horror imagery uh, i would say wreck yeah because it's just it's just non-stop i think most to be fair a lot of european horror things like suspiria um inside as well french film um those sorts of things where it's just you don't necessarily expect it to go to certain places but they do yeah, I think I haven't seen Inside, but um, it's pretty grim, right? Inside, yes, it's very, very grim, very, very. Grim. Well, I don't, um, I don't mind a grim movie. <laughs> yeah, we've had a few in our time, haven't we? Yes, yeah. Well, I, February's for our effed up movies, although I think we've had a few, um, between. Um, but yeah, Rex a hell, a hell of a good one. It sort of. It never really takes its foot off the gas once it puts it on. It's good stuff. No, and I'm, I'm a I'm a lover of fan footage as well. I do like a good fan footage, so yeah, that's too. right on my street as well. Me too. I'm a fan footage kind of guy. Well, <laughs> we'll do one last question before we get into the slice. Uh, before we get into the filling, this is the slice. Uh, bloody sandwich. Uh, so, what is the best kill? And is it in this movie? No, 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 no. Um, there's some good ones in this movie, but um, it, it's a tie, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm, I can't give you one answer. Okay. Um, You're allowed to. It's okay. The so going back to the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Um, I can't remember the character's name, but it's the guy in the wheelchair. Um, he just gets just smashed in the face with a machete and then the wheelchair goes flying down the steps. That's that's number one. Uh, and two is um, the uh, gentleman who gets impaled by a bike by Alice Cooper in Prince of Darkness. I must admit that one escapes me. I haven't seen that one. Um, sounds good, though. Very yeah, underrated. I'm... Very underrated John Carpenter film. John Carpenter? Well, I'm sold. Yeah, we're in. <laughs> Add, added to the watch list, the ever-growing, ever-intimidating watch list. Um, what did you say it was called? Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. It was doing the rounds on, um, it used to be the Horror Channel. Um, I've got it, 1987. Alice Cooper, Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance is definitely in it. Added to the watch list. <laughs> there you go you see lovely so let us get into the lovely lovely filling uh delicious filling which is kill list which yeah have you got the stuff i've got the stuff you're right you tell in, us in the so stuff, many then. ways <laughs> right so yeah we are doing kill list from 2011 it was written and directed by ben wheatley 
Uh, it's co-written with Amy Jump though, as well. And it stars Neil Maskell as Jay, Mayanna Buring as Shell, Harry Simpson as their son Sam, and Michael Smiley as Gail, uh, which I should probably mention, Emma Fryer as well as Fiona. And, you know, we, we said we were going to stop doing the box office and budget talk as well, but I just realised uh, while looking up this, that this was made on a £500,000 budget. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for reference, uh, the, the Flash film that came out recently cost over $200 million. Right, okay. Money right. does not correlate quality, does it? No, no. And we did say we'd mention the budget if you, if we thought it was relevant. So that's that works out. Yeah, uh, that's but, works. Like that is peanuts, isn't it, in movie talk? Yeah, for sure. Um uh, but you know, I I think it highlights something that I I wouldn't say it's the the best of the British film industry because it's the national lottery and film for you know, sort of scrimping together a few pennies to, to give to a director with a vision, knows what they want to do, let him get on and execute that. And, you know, that's to me is, is how the system should work. You know, we should, that, that I think would create better content as well as more fulfilled filmmakers. So yeah, good on that front. But for our story then, uh, so I'm just going to steal it off IMDb because it's much easier than trying to think of my own. Uh, it's uh, nearly a year after a botched job, a hitman takes a new assignment with the promise of a big payoff for three killings. What starts off an easy, as an easy task soon unravels, sending the killer into the heart of darkness. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that, that is our, our, our film then. So, Peter, why did you pick it? Uh, because I think this is one of the best British horrors of the last 20 years. Um, it's impeccably directed. I think Ben Wheatley's just got such a great vision. Um, and this film is, is, is almost flawless. I think, um, it just doesn't stop. Um, it's the duality of of having pure horror, you know, with with all these things around the the, the cult uh, that's in the film, but it's also got this underpinning of of sort of domestic horror and this sort of toxic environment that 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 this married couple have, um, and this kid and these and these friends even, um, it's just it's just so layered, and. So, um- I think, sorry, just to to interrupt and uh, before we kick off our talk properly, I we don't all, we don't often do this because we always kind of assume that the conversation is is spoiler. But I think for films like this, just be warned if you haven't seen the film, we're going to talk big spoilers because <laughs> a lot of the times with films, you know, it doesn't you know when we don't give too much away, it doesn't really matter, but. I think this is a film that really relies on delivering stuff without you really knowing too much about it. Uh, yeah. And also benefits for a rewatch. Definitely. Definitely. 
I t- I took bits from this film from I mean this must I rewatched it obviously for today and um it must have been at least my sort of 14th 15th viewing of it and wow. there were still bits that I picked up on it. So yeah I'm this is my second time that I've seen this. I watched it a, a while back and again rewatched it for this. And I remember thinking of it as a really a really grotty and a really grimy film. Mm. And I mean there's there's certainly some aspects of that, but on a rewatch, it kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier in that it's got this massive sense of just normality about Ooh. it all. Uh you know, the these two hitmen and disdain travel lodgers. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> uh and you know they, they do lads banter about who the shagging and all this stuff. It, you know, it's just so like it's it feels like a, a workplace comedy at times, doesn't it? But then you keep getting these little moments where there is some just outrageously sinister, you know, disquieting horror scenes where you, you have no idea what's going on and all you know is that you don't like it. <laughs> mm. And I think everybody probably knows a, a knows a Jay and knows a gal as well. You know, it's they're they're sort of every men really. Although the you know the the, the Jay character is very extreme, but you you probably know people like this. Yeah, and, and even further than that, you know that the the wives and girlfriend, you know, mm. that's the same as well. They're very. Yeah, we know relationships like that, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny that actually, you know, you were saying it feels a bit like a comedy because I was um, I was reading a thing about um, someone who worked with uh, Ben Wheatley on this, and I think like the original cut, Ben Wheatley had said something along the lines of, "We've made a really good comedy here. Let's now let's try and cut it into a horror movie." Um, <laughs> it's like a lot of the scenes, for example, like the there's a dinner party scene. Apparently, they mm. just filmed them having a, like an entire dinner party, and you know, by all accounts, it was hilarious. Um, the guy who plays Gal, whose name I've just forgotten off the top of my head, um, uh, Michael Smile, yeah, because he's a comedian anyway. Mm. You know, yeah, like, and he's sort of good in this. As you say, they both come across as every man and and mates you know like when you mm. when you watch them interacting with each other they interact with each other not like some hitman buddies they're just like mates for possibly a long time you know you you can definitely tell that there's not they don't have acting chemistry do they they have genuine chemistry yeah just turn on a camera yeah. that they these guys they're mates chemistry yeah. and i wonder if part of that was from the direction because a lot of the scenes were a lot longer than you know what you got to see. A lot of it, a lot of it probably was just sort of, you know, stick to the stick to the script to a degree, but you know, work within what we need you to do. So there probably was a degree of that. Um, but um, the, uh, although I would, I, I have got to say that um, you know, despite saying that, Jay, for example, is not particularly likable at all really he's oh no no and I, 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 <laughs> I, I, i'm guessing he's 
he's not supposed to be likable, but um, you know, he's never likable at any point in the family environment, you know, feels like a bit of a prick and you know, when you get later. I think that's yeah, that I mean that's definitely the point of it, isn't it? To show that he's an arsehole. It also does these little moments where you get the glimpses of what we're led to believe is the guy that he used to be. You know, I think, you know, when he's playing with his son and the like, and you kind of, you get given enough to not lose faith in him, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Despite the fact that everything that you're seeing is him being an arsehole. Well, I think there's that, there's, there's this underlying uh, sort of suggestion that he's got mental health issues. You know, the, there's this botched job in Kiev, I think it is. And he's, you get the impression that he's, he's, He's he's fucked up in that, and obviously something went seriously wrong. Um, but then there's a suggestion that, that you know he's got a problem with his back, and that's why he needs to get the jacuzzi fixed and all that sort of stuff. And but his 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 wife says, you know, there's nothing wrong with your back; it's all in your head, and suggests that as well. So he's he's got this sort of underlying <laughs> mental health issue, I suppose, as well. Yeah, which for sure, like he yeah. says that, you know. Mm. Yeah, and this and just this just this toxic relationship that he has with his wife as well. You know, they're constantly just winding each other up and just just going off at each other. And you mentioned about that this this dinner party is the most uncomfortable dinner party in the world because you just don't know at what point it's going to kick off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like great for the whole film in the sense that, you know, we, we sometimes talk about characters like this, saying that they're hanging on by a thread. And like, this, this guy's not hanging on by a thread. He He's completely fallen apart and mm. someone's tried to put him back together with masking tape. You know, it's <laughs> like, he's gone. You know, this is it. it it's like the, the only bits, you know, where he's not completely off chops is you know it, it's a bodged job trying to fix something and it's like when you get those scenes you're know, like the one in the uh, uh in the restaurant as well you're know, with the, oh, the christian classic. group that yeah. starts singing and stuff you just think oh god this is just constantly gonna be just a mess well wouldn't you not maybe not at that extreme but if you're eating a lovely meal or even a you know a horror sandwich in a restaurant. Oh, very good. And somebody, whether the Christian or not, just starts playing the guitar and singing. Oh yeah, I mean, it's yeah. It's, <laughs> I think it's kind of the thing in that so much of the, like we said about getting those glimpses, so much of him going mm. off the rails is, you know, notionally understandable at least, isn't it? Yeah, well, you I mean, know, morally later in the film, as well, yeah. Yeah, where, where he goes off mission uh, mm. to yeah, break up where, the, you know, the film in the, the paedophilia stuff, it's, he, you know, you can completely understand why you would do that because that's an abominable thing that they need to stop. Mm-hmm. But it's just like how far he goes. You think, oh, this this is a scary man. Yeah. But I do want to say with the restaurant scene, though, that it's that it's one of my favourite lines just of all cinema, where they, 
they just look at each other and Michael Smiley turns around and she's like, you're looking for Jeremy Beadle. He's not going to help you. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that, that's where the, the comedy film is right there. So I'm I'm going to uh to, to move us on next to the to the kills in the film. Well, what what do we reckon to these? Because they're unusual, aren't they, in terms of a horror film that normally you know either you know ramps up or you know, tries to do something creative with them. I mean this one kind of it hides the first one and then does the complete opposite for the for the second? And do you I think, think the, that works? Do you think it's first, good? I think the first one is all it's all in the reaction. So it's it's you know you're you're naturally expecting this priest to either beg for his life or have a completely different reaction to the one that he does have, and it's just the reaction on on um, Neil Maskell's face when he ter- he sort of turns around and smiles and says uh, thank you. And it's just so unnerving. And then, you know, obviously just pops one off in his head and, and that's it, job done. But it it probably unnerves you as a viewer more than it does the character of Jay, I think. Because we all, we already have this... We've already got this... Um, uh, Fiona, I think the character's name is, who's, who's scrolled this sort of funny symbol on the back of his mirror and and uh, and and nicked his his bloody tissue off the off the um off the sink. So you've already got that deep sort of seeded feeling that there's something not right. But this sort of adds to that f- for the viewer rather than the characters. So I mean, this I reckon that that what you've just said there, I would say that that ramps up during the second kill as well. Mm, definitely. Uh, because that one was the one that really got me because, you know, the whole film follows this pattern of being extremely normal and then mm-hmm. strange thing happens, you know, yeah. the, 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 you know, like you said, the mirror or the priest saying thank you and stuff. But then these are the kind of, I want to say unprovoked, but, the, the characters are acting mostly of their own volition in them. But this one, this guy's taken a beating and he just waits while you're bloodied and uh, you're tortured, waits for your girl to leave the room. And then he just has this wave of calm over him. He's like, oh, he, he doesn't know who you are, does he? Oh, thank you for this. It's just like... <laughs> This is this is fucked up now. This is weirder than <laughs> we already thought it was. Yeah, and it's it's pretty seamless as well from that moment that he puts his head down on the table, and I think, especially as a horror fan and as a viewer, you expect to, there to be a cut there, but he just puts his head on the table and then just obviously batters him with <laughs> with the um, with the hammer, and it just comes out of nowhere. I don't, I'm not quite sure how they obtained that effect, but it's it's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's unflinching in when it gets to that mm. bit, doesn't it? Well, as we've we've gone through these build ups, 
what what did you think you know by the the, the climax is, is it something that you saw coming to that extent um sorry the cl- the think... climax of the movie yeah you know did, did you think that it was going to go full cult uh for the mm. by the end of it no i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting that in the slightest not not in the slightest um it took me took me by surprise um but I, I'll admit it didn't take me by surprise in a good way and it still it still didn't take me by surprise in a good way this time either um I I feel like I feel like despite the fact that it does set up and when you go back through and watch it again like um like you say with the mirror and I have to assume that the dead rabbit that he eats is something to do with the cult as well. Mm. Um, you know, even though it sort of sets that up, um, it's still, it's still just sort of, it feels like it drops out of nowhere. Um, and it, it I, I, I'll be honest. I don't really like, I don't really like it. Um, I wouldn't say it pisses me off, but it, I don't know. Like, and I've seen a lot of interpretations of uh, of what people think of this, um, and it all, you know, it all seems to fit. But for me, it just doesn't. It's it's jarring, but not in a good way. See, what I like about it is that it is this uh, modern interpretation of the Wicker Man reveal. Where we, you know, we are in uh, an ostensibly normal situation with this strange folk horror underpinning throughout the whole thing, and the the by the time that we get to the reveal, it's not so much what that is the the concerning uh, or you know, the scary thing; it's the scale that is scary. You know, it, it, the Wicker Man, you know, we know this place is, is weird and we know that it's off, but we don't expect a hundred foot tall Wicker Man built for a flaming human sacrifice. <laughs> and, and it's the same here. We know that there is there this group of, you know, power, of wealth, of something controlling behind the scenes. What we don't expect is you know, a small army of people in the nude with wicker masks on committing human sacrifice. You know, it's like, well, I, I, mean, I love how it is that updating of it. The, I remember listening to the commentary and, and the early version of the script was that there were, there were actually two sort of war factions in this cult. And that's why um, sort of one half is paying for, members of the other half to be to be executed basically which obviously got lost somewhere in rewrites and things like that and it's i mean it doesn't really add to the to the whole because you, you don't know what the whole deal is with with jay's character you don't know you know they ask they say you don't know who you are and thank you and all this and like they know he's some kind of um 
I don't know if he wants to sacrifice or to become some kind of a king. It's almost like he's crowned in the end. Um, so you never get that answer. You never know exactly what is going on. And for the most part, I like that in a film. I think it, it allows you to make your own your own judgment and your own outcome to it. But I think as a, I think it's a suitably sort of shocking ending to a film that's pretty shocking throughout. Um, I don't think there's any other way that you could end this film. It's well, not a, it's not a happy ending film. Uh, is is your interpretation of that ending? Is is Shell part of the cult or not? No, I don't think so. I think she's just laughing at him because she thinks you stupid bastard. Look what you've done. Hmm. Because that's their relationship. I I sort of I sort of thought that 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 maybe she did have something to do with it. Um. In in terms of her reaction, it's similar to the reaction that all the previous kills had, wasn't it? Yeah, like he was supposed to, like he's finally done what he was supposed to have been doing. But and there are bits, there are bits about the cult that I don't understand anyway. Like, um, you know, when they're they're, they're sort of chasing after people, they they they're not they're letting out noises that are not human noises. It's very monstrous in its way um or at least that's mm. that's how it sounds in the one and it's like they're either for me you know like i don't mind them screaming and stuff like that and maybe even not making sense but why are they making noises that human people don't make and um the other part and you guys might be able to explain this to me is when the girl is hanging she's got a suit full of money and she's wearing a suit of money which i don't get i don't understand what the point of that is um that was something I didn't understand. Suit of money? Mm, I'm guessing maybe it's 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 something to do with money being pointless and it's, you know, you can't take it with you, I suppose. Something like that, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It looked cool, though. <laughs> and to be fair, I think if, if you had to wear a, a wicker mask that was probably, it's probably chafing quite a bit, I would imagine that's... Uh, Gonna make you squeal a little bit. Yeah, it's it, it's digging in your eyes. It's a, it, it's a tricky it's a tricky thing because um because it doesn't because it doesn't explain itself it leaves itself with a lot more questions and answers, um which I don't know. It's sometimes in a movie you know like a fickle sort of thing like sometimes in a movie I'll be like oh yeah that's I, I don't mind that I'll make my own answers up and other times I'm like the fuck was this and this makes me go what the fuck was this um even though obviously i knew it was coming this time around i don't know um i think the line that's to be drawn is is what it leaves you with as your ambiguity you know the ambiguity and i think with with what what is left as you know with a question mark on this is stuff that you know, I, I don't, I don't really like care what the answer is. There's not going to be a a dramatic change to how I feel about things if, uh, you know, if shells in the cult or not. Because at the end of the day, she's been murdered to finish the reconstruction for Jay. That's that's where that you know our attention has been given. That's the character that we're focused on, mm-hmm. and. In the end, it, it does feel a little bit tangential with all the the bits that were left open. So, 
leaving them ambiguous just uh, doesn't doesn't bother me really. Oh no, uh, well I, I think I know I'm in the minority on this. Like we got a lot of good Facebook comments and stuff about it, and I think everybody loves this. So I'm definitely in the minority here, but um. I also think the other part, and I told you this the first time I saw it, is that the copy that's on Amazon, it, the, it's really hard to see what's going on. And I don't know if that's the film itself, but there's often bits of this where you can't see anything at all, um, which is a bit frustrating. Um, so I, I was uh, a similar but uh, different problem because I had the uh, a good copy. The, uh, the, yeah, I could, I could see absolutely fine uh but the the sound mix was was slightly off i don't know if it was a telly or the copy but yeah it was uh like the the dialogue was really hard but everything else was really loud that's that is frustrating yeah <laughs> maybe it's been sent out this maybe maybe they sent it out to piss off piss people's senses <laughs> like yeah have this uh, it wouldn't surprise me, actually. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Um, well, well, while we're on the uh, the subject of uh, the Facebook comments, should we uh, should we just get them up and go through them now? Yeah, why not? So, right, we have uh, Alistair at the first comment saying that it's a deeply dark and chaotic film. Uh, he's a huge fan of Neil Maskell, and we should check him out on Utopia if we can find it. Yeah, that's not something I'm familiar with, to be honest. No. Nope. Uh, we have Brian saying the same as Peter, which uh, in that it's one of Britain's greatest in modern cinema. Uh, this is such an underrated film and definitely deserves the attention of any British film fan. Uh, also, Michael Smiley's in it and on great form as always. It's pacing in reveal, I think, works very similarly to Hereditary. Uh, I'll get to that uh, a bit later. Ooh. Uh, Danny says Hammer Time, which is... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, and then lastly, we have Sam, who said that it's really great stuff, captures the sense that some ancient writhing horror is buried two inches deep beneath every out-of-town supermarket and suburb in England. That's true. Yeah, it really does like do that folk horror thing in, in a really good way in that regard. I was thinking more yeah. there's, there's horror buried beneath. Supermarkets, definitely, and above them right. <laughs> most of the time. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, do, do we want to get into reviews, or does anyone else have anything they want to say? Um, oh, I did actually. I was going to say one thing about the kill with the priest, and actually, it's funny what you you guys were talking about. That the one thing that really caught me off guard is when they have him in the body bag and just wang him out the window. And it's, um, I don't know, there was something about such disrespect for a dead body, which is like, um, I don't know. but it's, it, it... And of a holy man, too. Yeah, yeah, it's just, and they sort of cut to it as well. I mean, this movie's got, it's got some weird cuts in it where it feels like time goes in, a, not so much a non-linear way, but. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it time time seems to move forward very oddly. Um, I like that. I thought the editing in this film is really good, really clever. It moves the film. It it paces the film a lot quicker, so you're not hanging about. You know, you've got dialogue that 
that's in one scene, but it overlaps into the next where you're seeing the next part of the scene. And I really like that. I think that's a really clever, a really clever technique. And I think it, it really shows you know how how good a filmmaker Ben Wheatley is, even though he's not been a hundred percent perfect. I think it, it's that's one of the real high points of this film is the, the editing and and the way that it's shot. Yeah, I agree. It works. It works really well. Um, I mean, overall, I mean, I, I, we're not doing final thoughts yet, are we? Or are we? No, uh, well, we could we can wait until uh, till we're ready. There's there is no rush here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy to give my final thoughts and review. Um, well, should should we uh, just go quickly then for for the internet? Then so we have a three point five on Letterboxd for this, and oh, that's the the wrong app I'm looking at. And a Rotten Tomatoes score of 78% for critics and 58% for audience. Right. Um, so that's been a little bit divisive then. A little bit. I can uh, I can understand why it has a low audience score. There's, yeah, there's no, no doubt about that because it is, you know, it is quite... A, a tricky watch and a tough watch at times. And I think it appeals to a certain type of film viewer who is generally speaking, not your, you know, your average movie goer. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. Uh, what, what I would probably say though, is that, you know, that the 58% who liked it almost certainly really liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let me do my final thoughts then, because we, we know I'm not the greatest fan of this movie, so I'll I'll start. Um, but before I do, um, we'll just let everyone know what the review system is. So we've got three tiers. We do a shit for shit. Um, we've got an ooh, that's spooky. Or ooh, it's spooky. Ah, one of those. Uh, for a middle of the road and obviously creative psychopath for a great film. Now, I liked how you put the flair into uh, the a bit spooky film. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I was going to say something then, but I don't know what it was. Um, <laughs> could be, could have been anything. Could have been anything. So th- here's a movie that watching is te- I, I can see it's technically brilliant. It's got good acting in it you know um and i sort of like the way that it's put together to a degree but there are things in it that grate on me too much like the character of jay i just i couldn't i couldn't get behind that i just sort of hate him all the way through so his story arc sort of doesn't mean anything to me i don't don't care where he starts and i was not bothered where he ends and um, I just feel like, like I said, for me, the cult stuff is just too jarring for me to enjoy it. So I'm going to give it a new it's spooky, but I do understand that it's a good film. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Okay. Uh, 
I'll go next then because so we'll, we'll let our guest have final say. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to say similar to what what you said, Peter, at the start of the film, and and maybe even take it a little bit further because on a rewatch, I kind of realised that this is a seminal horror film for the 21st century. Uh, watching it here, I, I saw the footprint of so much of what modern horror has become and what, uh, you know, what sort of that elevated horror idea. You know, I saw so many things taken out of this that, that came up later. And the influence on some of my favourite films of, of recent years, you know, I've, I've spoken about Hereditary and Midsummer to death on this podcast, but they owe a huge debt to, to Kill List because they both borrowed so heavily from the themes of it. And without Kill List, you don't get those films. And, and you know, it's not just them. There's so many more. And it it just feels like this, this, this crucial stage of evolution in the folk horror genre that I love. And also to do this thing where they take a folk horror story and put it entirely in the suburbs, it, like, you know, it, it's on, on paper, it's not something that sounds remarkable, but in execution, it is, it is certainly that. And it really speaks to that, that struggle that so much folk horror relies on between the, the, the modern world and that rural uh, mythical past and th- this film, it-, it does all this in a story about two hitmen. And, you know, it's like in Bruges, if it was even more fucked up. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it- it's just remarkable. And it's it- it's a creative psychopath all the way. It has to be. Mm. Nope. Having said that, Peter, I'm I'm pretty sure we know what you're going to say about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the top, yeah, it's a creative psychopath for me. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, just to, to to slightly repeat myself. I think it's just, it's it's very. I think it's. I don't want to say it's quintessentially British because. That's maybe a bit of a stretch, but I think it's very grounded um, in some some very sort of British archetypes in terms of people. You know these these are people that you that you probably know, people that you you'd meet in the pub, people that you know are friends of friends, um, and you know the domestic domestic side of this film is just as scary as the, the cult side of this film. And it's just, it just hits every beat, I think. Um, it's got that side of things. It's very grounded in reality for the most part. So it puts you in a situation that that could really be there um, in terms of the domestic side of things. Um, and it just... It, it just spirals, I think, like a lot of 
great horror, you know, whether it's it's things like The Shining or Jacob's Ladder or, you know, any other amount of great horror films. It just, it's just this descent it just spirals down into this pure horror towards the end. And it's just, you know, it's close to perfect for me, I think, this film. And it it satisfies that sort of bloodlust with the kills. Um, and, yeah, I don't know what more I can say. I just love this film. It's great. So I think that uh, that about sums it up, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I think this, this and uh, Dead Man's Shoes are two of the great British horror stroke thrillers of the last 20 years. Is Dead Man's Shoes a horror? Because if it is, uh, we should do it. It's a good movie. It's close enough. <laughs> All right, add it to the list. Um, yeah, lovely. So there you go. That was the that was the delicious feeling. I feel like I should change to a creative psychopath, but only through not even nobody's even peer pressured me. But I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like I've missed something along the way. Be I'll watch it again. Um. So. Before we get into the final slice of bread, let's just quickly talk about the old Patreon. Um, we've got it. Look it up. Patreon, Creative Psychopaths. If you we're putting new episodes on there, we've got uh, Eerie Indiana and um, Batman 89 and perhaps Wayne's World by this point. Um, yeah, so um, do that. Go on there. It's getting there. It's, we're getting more and more on. It's cheap. You don't have to do it if you don't want. No, but absolutely not. But give us cash. There's good, there's some good stuff on there, and there'll be more good stuff to come if you like. Yeah, yeah. And I think I said for five dollar people, I'll do them some artwork. Like I say, it's not really artwork, but um, you know, I love it. Don't talk yourself down like that. All right. Did you did you like the kill list one? I did. Yeah. Really. Uh, it was my second attempt at a kill list one because the first one I started trying to do the poster but realised I can't draw a face for the life of me. So, <laughs> in the end, I just thought about a hammer with the symbol. But it, it's not bad, actually. It's not a bad picture. Oh, good lad. Well done, me. <laughs> um, so let's get into the final slice of bread. So we're going to ask you a few more questions just to... Uh, where where your voice out a bit more. So what is the why not? What is the worst horror movie you've seen? Well, it's an easy one. This one, uh, The Exorcist Two, The Heretic. I haven't got around to that one. Oh, it's fucking awful. All right, that's not <laughs> the one that people. It must be the third one then that people say is good. Yeah, the third one's brilliant masterpiece, underrated masterpiece. Yeah, so they say. Uh, I I don't think I've seen. I think I've only ever seen the first one. Yeah, I certainly have uh, only got the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, avoid it. Don't watch it. I wouldn't even recommend it for just continuity value or just to satisfy your curiosity. The, the Exorcist 2 is a god awful film. Yeah. Don't know what it is, but every time someone tells me what their worst horror movie is, I just want to see it. <laughs> um, I don't know why. It's some sort of masochist, masochistic torture for myself. Um, I can hardly sit through good films, so I don't know why I want to sit through bad ones. <laughs> um, 
I've been terrible lately. I can't half a film and I have to turn it off and go wander around. <laughs> <laughs> Dead brain. Dead brain. So what is your favorite horror movie? Uh well aside from Joe, I mean if some if people ask me what my favorite film is, it's Jaws. Yeah. Um but specifically to the horror genre, uh it's the Wicker Man. Oh well I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh yeah, we're starting to understand what uh, what thoughts you bought after oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> this in, uh, Wicker Man and Kill list. Yeah. He's a folk horror guy. Yeah, def- it's definitely my go-to sub-genre for horror, I think. Um, do we need to do a folk month? Uh, that'd be good. Do a folk month. I only recently watched The Wicker Man, actually, because um, I watched the Nick Cage one first, um, which you did on your podcast recently, which was which was fun. Uh, we did, yeah. It was, it was a good conversation, that, definitely. Good conversation. <laughs> um, and I had a lot of fun with that one, but watching the original, it's just... It, well, it, it doesn't even knock it out of the park. It just ignores it and says, look, here's a better film. Um mm-hmm. And it's so good, and I downloaded the soundtrack, and I listened to it, and yeah, I love it. Yeah, really good one. Might even be a top tenner yeah. for me now. Maybe not. I don't know. I think if we're doing the uh, if we're doing a Fort Car month, we can get back to Ben Wheatley too and do a field in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is a good one. I like that one. What was the one I really liked? In the earth. In the earth. Yeah. 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 In the earth's good. Yeah. Sightseers as well. That's a good one. So far, I've I've liked almost everything. Um, I think the one that I don't particularly like being kill list is the one that everyone I think probably thinks this is best. So <laughs> shows what I know. Um, what was what's the one with a shootout in a warehouse? That's quite good. I quite liked that one. Uh, free fire. Free fire. Yeah. I quite liked that one too. And did he do the Meg too? He, he has done it, yes. It's coming soon. Mm, that would be that'll be interesting. Um I was watching just because he thought it would be fun to do a Jason Statham movie about a massive show. Yeah, why why not? It looks like it might have a massive octopus or squid or something in it as well, which looks like fun. Um it made me think though that that first Meg film is not very good, but it does have a real, real good scare. Where um have you seen that one? I haven't, no. Oh, well. I have, yeah. Oh, well, you, you might have already seen this because I think it was in the trailers where there's a kid playing with something and the shark just slowly swims up to the window. Um, and then it's it suddenly takes a sort of bite out the window. It's a good scare, actually. It looks looks good. It's probably the best bit of the movie, actually. Because the rest of it is not very good. Um, right, so... <laughs> Um, let's do these final two questions and then we can get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> not that I don't love being here. Um, what's a scary moment from a non-horror movie that you remember? Um, well, uh, this, I won't go into too much detail, but there's, uh, I think it was 1979 film called Scum. Uh, it's based in a British Borstal with Ray Winston um, and there's a, a particular scene in that film 
that scared the bejesus out of me, which was um uh have either of you seen that film? No, I'm I'm aware of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, well it's 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 a it's a it's set in a borstals, it's not very nice. There's the scene where uh, a young man gets uh, attacked uh, quite viciously by uh, a group of gents uh, who who do something pretty ungodly to him. I won't go into much more detail than that. Oh dear. It's it's not a very nice film. It's it's a very good film, very powerful film, but it's just it's it's such a hard watch. I'd say it's probably scarier than any horror film I've seen. Wow. Yeah. And I believe it's on something at the moment on um on like a catch up service. I think it might be free V on Amazon. Doesn't sound like my sort of thing. <laughs> no, it's not very nice. Uh, but it's a good film, very powerful film. Maybe I do want to watch it then. I don't know. I can't decide. <laughs> you sort of put me off it really. I know most people most people <laughs> most people answer that question with something from their childhood, but so you know, mm. not that not that I'm negging. Is that a word? I'm not against your answer. It was a good answer. Um, shut up, shut up, Mark. Okay, I will. Um, right. So the last question to take us home is: If you could make any non-horror movie a horror movie, what would you choose? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Of course. I think we've had that one before. Possibly. Yeah, and, and I still maintain that it is just a standard <laughs> horror movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I um, think it is. Yeah. Either that or Mamma Mia, maybe, just to make it a more <laughs> enjoyable film. <laughs> sort of ABBA songs based around a slasher or something. Yeah, why not? What's more, what's what, what could be more scary than somebody singing Gimme, Gimme, Gimme while they're chasing you with a knife? Um... Loads of things, loads more things. There's loads of things scarier than that, I reckon. That's Celine Dion, Mrs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ah. Lovely. Ah, oh, well, there you go. That takes us. That takes us towards the end of the podcast. But before we get towards the end of the podcast, Peter, plug your things. Plug your thing. Okay. Well, you can find me. Uh, semi-regularly at uh, the movie jewel podcast uh so that's in uh, in that podcast we uh we discuss uh or we pick a subject that's based around films um and then myself and one of my uh movie duelists or the core four that i like to call them um of of, of my co-hosts uh, we each pick a film uh, that we think best represents that subject. Uh, so that can be anything from best to worst, overrated, overrated to underrated, scariest, um, most intense, un, you know, all sorts of different things that we've discussed so far on the podcast. Um, so you can find us on all good uh, podcast sites, apps, things like that. Um, and you can find us on Facebook um, at facebook.com forward slash movie dual podcast uh, you can find us on twitter at movie dual pod and uh yeah that's about it check us out excellent that's how you do a plug that matthew yep <laughs> yeah yeah it's when you come organized and prepared yeah no whenever i've done plugs i'm always <laughs> rubbish so like, oh it's somewhere um for those of you fancy giving it a listen um 
episode 13, the worst horror remakes, Wickerman versus um, Rob Zombie's Halloween. It's a really, really good episode. Um, okay. Uh, well, I mean, so far they've all been good, but, you know, I'm sort of sending people over to listen to scary stuff. It's like a link in it sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, and so there's some good so some good topics being discussed on it before and that go from quite niche to quite broad as well. So there's a lot of stuff in there. It's definitely worth a listen. Yeah, it's definitely something for everyone. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, go listen. <laughs> Even though when you did Best Bond film and you did Spy You Love Me versus Goldeneye, you were wrong on both of them. Because so- <laughs> <laughs> they all suck. Um, I don't like James Bond. Um, I don't know why. Sorry to say. Um, I've probably said that before. Don't like James Bond. I don't like Indiana Jones. What an asshole. You don't like Kill List. Don't like Kill List. What an <laughs> asshole. I get to be fair, I gave it a new it's spooky, which is like, yeah, it's all right. Um, but you know, I didn't give it a shit. I think we peer pressured you into that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. We don't need to plug anything now. Yeah. We did all the we did all the all the bits. Um, no, nope, we're, we're going to toddle off. We're going to listen to the Movie Joe podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I don't until, need to uh, until next week's episode. Yeah. Um, enjoy, everyone. Have a lovely time. Enjoy your sandwich. It's all wrapped up and ready to go. Um, <laughs> what did I say? Was in it delicious and nutritious. Blood, legs, and torsos. I think I said something like. Anyway, let's go. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.